Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. Once in a while, I'm poking around the internet to find a story on my own. <laughs> hey, Steve, look at this. Okay, Steve, I will. Family court judge agrees to suspension after disrespectful courtroom comments. And that's putting it nicely. Brad McElhenney wrote this. Uh, the story's out of West Virginia. Out of West Virginia. And it boils down to a judge who had a bunch of complaints raised against him. And they investigated him, and the formal complaint that listed all of the things that he was accused of doing was 15 pages long. 15 pages long, and I read it last night, and it's scary. Family court judge in the eastern panhandle of West Virginia has been found by his peers of treating people in the court disrespectfully, casually threatening to take away people's children, making dismissive comments about women, and sometimes swearing or reacting in anger in court. Obviously, when he's behind closed doors or off-court property, uh, that's one thing. But to do that in court's another because, number one, it's wrong. Number two, if it's on the record, it makes you wonder how smart the guy is. If the guy doesn't realize that what he's doing in court is on the record, then he might not be bright enough to be a judge. Judge also had choice words of state Supreme Court justices over a computer laptop dispute. But family circuit judge reached an agreement with a judicial disciplinary council, and that's the organization in West Virginia that investigates judges accused of wrongdoing. Judge would be subject to a month's unpaid suspension, followed by a probationary period of up to a year, a public reprimand, and professional counseling. So he gets to keep his job, but he'll lose a month's pay, and he'll be on some kind of double-secret probation and the public reprimand. But that means that after about a month and a half, it'll be business as usual. So the Judicial Hearing Board, represented by judges from around the state, agreed to accept the recommendations, and the state Supreme Court would have the final say on that. So the man's been a family court judge in Charlestown for about seven years he started in 2015. He was appointed to the role by then-governor. The 24th Family Court Circuit covers Berkeley and Jefferson counties. A filing in the case indicates that the judge acknowledged on multiple occasions he failed to treat litigants appearing before him in his courtroom with respect and dignity and failed to maintain decorum and order in his courtroom to the detriment of the integrity of the court. And the decorum is simply that you treat the court the way it needs to be treated, and you make sure the court is run the way it needs to be run. And we want people to respect this institution. And when you want people to respect you, you have to treat them with respect. So the filing said, the parties also acknowledge and agree that respondents, that's the judge, is genuinely remorseful for his conduct and transgressions that he's been working diligently since the complaints were filed against him, complaints plural, to conform his behavior and demeanor to that which is expected and required of him by the West Virginia Code of Conduct. And again, most states have got rules, specific rules that judges have to follow when they're on the bench. Now, of course, he's genuinely remorseful that multiple complaints have been filed against him, and upon investigation, it turns out most of them appear to be true. So now he's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. A formal statement of charges, like I said, ran 15 pages long and contained 17 separate counts against the judge. For example, during a 2020 hearing, a mother alleged that the father was trying to alienate their child 
from her. The judge threatened to place the child in foster care if the father was lying in the courtroom. If he is in bad faith and he's trying to make a plan, then he loses custody forever, and the child ends up in foster care, which makes absolutely no sense. But he said it. In another hearing in 2020, the judge became irritated with the parties about their inability to resolve a visitation dispute. The judge asked, you don't know? I'll take the child and put it up for adoption then. I'll take the child and put it up for adoption. <laughs> and you understand that courts routinely are faced with people who can't agree on things. And so the first thing you do is you ask them if they can resolve it. If they can't resolve it, you then explain to them, just to let you know, if you two can't resolve it, I'm going to be forced to resolve it. Which means that, like, let's suppose that you want to go week, 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 like that. One week each, okay? And the other party wants to go, no, I want two weeks, two weeks, two weeks. I'm just making stuff up here. The judge would then say, okay, you guys don't agree on this, just to let you know. If you can't come to a resolution today or soon, I'm going to pick a resolution. And I'm simply going to do what I think is an even split on this. And if you don't like the idea of me doing the even split, maybe you should go back and try to work a little harder. But you don't threaten to put the kid up for adoption. Like, what? Huh? In another hearing that year, the judge got upset and cursed when a litigant did not provide proof that he had complied with the court-ordered drug program. The judge ordered the man to retrieve documents from a rehab center and threw a file at him. The judge threw a file at the man. You have until 5 o'clock today or you're going to jail, he said. During a 2021 hearing, the judge asked a female litigant about the number of children and male companions that she has had. At the end of that hearing, the judge said, well, all right, stay out of trouble. The litigant said, I will, I always do. And the judge said, really? The litigant said, yes, sir. The judge said, all these children and all those men? The litigant said, yes, but just two dads. In another hearing in 2021, the judge drifted into social relations and gender stereotypes. A lawyer for a female litigant commented on a scheduling matter. There was one other thing, Your Honor. She's getting married on August 28th. The judge then said, am I invited? Does she have any female friends? The lawyer laughed. And the judge goes, keep going. And the lawyer said, well, just the youngest child of the litigants is coming to the wedding because the two older don't want to. So the judge said, what? Get them in here. They're going to the wedding. They're so going to the wedding. And the litigant said, well, they refuse. And the judge said, I know they're women. The judge then said, they're doing it to see how much they can get away with, okay? Pure and simple. And they'll figure it out with their mom, referring to the relationship, on their own when you're not looking, just saying. So that's the judge's take on women. And uh, the judge then said, did I already say it's because they're women? And the lawyer for the female litigant said, yes, you did say that. All on the record, Your Honor, or did you forget about that? The formal statement of charges detailed several other instances that were similar to those. Several additional counts related to the judge's interactions with the Information Technologies Department 
for the state Supreme Court back in 2021. That situation unfolded when a field technician was directed to pick up computer laptops that had been assigned to a family court judge who was retiring. When the technician tried to remove a laptop from a vacant courtroom, the judge objected. Judge told the technician that another court system laptop assigned to the retiring judge was in Jefferson County. But the judge told the technician that if he tried to remove the laptop, then he'd be charged with stealing court equipment. Number one, it's not up to the judge to say who's going to get charged with what crimes. And number two, it appears that the man was doing his job. The next day, a user support services manager called the judge's office to point out that the field technician would be heading to the county to pick up the laptop there. The judge replied that he didn't intend to fight with the manager, but that he did not care what Supreme Court justice had to say. He characterized himself as a judge that refuses to obey and is now going to be obstinate. Okay, in case you forgot me mentioning this many times before, in states that have their own court system, which would be all 50 of them, there is usually a Supreme Court. Now, they're not always called the Supreme Court, but sometimes they are. Michigan's is the Michigan Supreme Court. The Michigan Supreme Court oversees the entire state court system. There's also federal courts in Michigan and elsewhere. And the federal courts answer to the U.S. Supreme Court. But the lower courts in the states answer to the Supreme Court. So the Supreme Court is the final say on how the courts are run. So if the Supreme Court tells the family court judge that that laptop is going with that technician, guess who wins that argument? And so for a judge to say that uh, he is a judge that refuses to obey and is now going to be obstinate, that's a problem. And by the way, I'm surprised that they let him get off with a reprimand on this. Because he said things such as, I'm not going to do what the Supreme Court tells me to do. Yet when he gets sanctioned by this uh, judicial tenure type commission, he says, oh yeah, I'll do that. Oh, you'll do that, but you won't follow the Supreme Court's own orders. Okay. Judge went on to say that if the court did not install a computer at every station where he presides, then he'd buy his own computer and hire his own personal hacker to get him into the court system. Now, that's a strange thing to say. And I know that most people say, but Steve, he's probably joking. He's probably joking about that. Well, there's some things you don't joke about. And if you're a judge, do you joke about breaking the law? When the technician arrived to remove the computer, the judge commented that if Supreme Court justices disapprove of the way he was using the equipment, then they could disengage from the situation in a way the judge used vulgar slang to describe. The judge told the respondent he's probably the only court official who would suggest that to the justices, but he had no problem doing so. So he's saying, I would tell them that to their face. And I'm probably the only person to do that, but I would do that. Finally, the judge reiterated his idea of hiring his own personal hacker, adding that he knew enough bad people that could get that done. So obviously that is not every single allegation against him. There are 17 separate allegations. It took 15 pages to describe them all. But most troubling was the way he treated people who were before him. And the thing about it is, I've mentioned before that there have been some wild cases that have made the news. There's one in Michigan where there's a, it's, a, it's a family law matter, and there's a couple getting divorced, and they got some kids. 
And they are scrapping to the point where they've burned through, I don't know, four, five, six different sets of attorneys. Their docketing entry list in the system is like this thick if you printed it out on paper. And it's, it's one of the worst cases. People have described it as the case from hell, okay? It's not the judge saying that. I'm just saying that that's how it's been described in the media. And a case like that might try the patience of the judge, but the judge still has to maintain the decorum of the courtroom and respect the parties in front of them. And if they can't do that, then you got to do something such as assign this case to somebody else or something. But you can't say things to people such as, if you guys don't resolve this, I'm taking the kid and throwing the kid off to foster care. Are you really going to do that? Or are you just making stuff up? Because if you're really going to do that, that'd be wrong. If you're just making stuff up, that's also wrong. And that's where you put yourself in a position that you really can't escape these allegations. And like I said, the stuff's all on the record, which it sounds like it was because they had direct quotes on this stuff. The judge should know it's all on the record. Now, I've been in front of judges before who honestly thought that they ran the universe. Okay? And even then, it wasn't this bad. But once in a while, you hear a story about a judge who's on the bench for just a little bit too long or shouldn't be there in the first place. So this uh, commission that looked into this, well, they think that this is appropriate. The, the one-year probationary period, the one-month suspension, and then the counseling of some sort. Uh, we'll see if that takes. Because I've discovered, and, and I'm... <laughs> I'm now at the age where occasionally I do talk about things I've learned in my long life. I don't think of myself as old, but when I say, you know, I've been practicing law for 31 years, I realize I've seen a lot of stuff. But I'm not just talking about the practice of law. I've also just discovered in life that people are a certain way. You meet somebody and you see how they are. And you ask yourself, could this person change? Most people don't change. Most people don't want to change. Most people can't change. So I have a sneaky feeling that if we check in with this judge three, four years from now, if he's still on the bench, that he's still doing this kind of stuff, and I bet he gets in trouble again. And right now, figuratively speaking, if someone were to say that to him, and he says, no, I can change, I can be different. Good, let's see you do that. That's an extremely difficult thing to do for most people. And so if you can change and become a better judge, great. Considering the fact that your job is judge, that would be a good thing for everybody, especially in the panhandle of West Virginia. So Brad McElhenney wrote this, uh, happened in West Virginia. Family court judge agrees to suspension after disrespectful courtroom comments. Questions or comments? Put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. If at first you don't succeed, you are like everyone else. It's called learning.